Okay, so um, again, my name is Jerry, and I'm, I'm here to introduce our speaker tonight, and uh, welcome to the first session of the semester, so we're glad you're here. Um, the um, speaker today uh, actually volunteered to do this last night. We had a last-minute change, and he was able to step forward, and we really appreciate uh, Ho-Chin coming in and, and uh, working with us on this. Uh, Ho-Chin Ding is a fourth-year PhD student in computer sciences. His advisor is Chun-Yi Ping and his interest areas in mobile networks. And today he's gonna to talk to us about combating caller ID spoofing on 4G mobile phones. Now I, I saw part of his, or listened to part of his uh, recording, and I think I've heard that exact recording on my mobile phone many times. So with that, I'll turn it over to Hoshin. Oh, thank you very much for the introduction. Um, good afternoon. Um, so, uh, uh, today, I would like to present our work, which is called Thief, uh, which is a uh, victim calling only solution against a caller ID spoofing attack, but without requiring any additional infrastructure support or any changes on the existing telephony system. Um, so, this, um, this started with a real story. One day, Professor received a phone call from the Chinese consulate, and it claimed that she was involved in money laundry and asked her for some banking information. Um, yes, it was again. Um, professor knows it, and uh, no money is lost. But not everybody knows it. Someone didn't know. So there was the news um, in June last year that somebody lost $3 million. Not only him, there are many other victims. Um, actually, the consulate uh, scam has been reported in many places, like, um, like the Federal Trade Commission, FCC, and Chinese consulate website, Washington Post, CBS, and many places. So in, uh, in, in US, Federal Trade Commission has already confirmed that imposter scam is again the top fraud one out of five American people suffers from this scam. And the average loss increased from $274 to $720. So scam call is already a big threat to people's daily life and it's growing at an alarming rate. Um, it happens not only in US, but globally. Um, such scam has been reported in many other countries. So, all of these are actually caused by caller ID spoofing. To understand how it happens, um, I would like to give you some background about how we make a cell phone call. Actually, it is very simple, just three steps. So first, the caller, Alice, will send a call setup request to callie Bob. And this request needs to carry the caller ID information, which is the phone number of Alice. And then, more signaling messages are exchanged between Alice and Bob to set up the call session. Once the call session is, is set up, um, a voice conversation can be started. Unfortunately, spoofing is also very easy in this case. So a malicious user, Eve, can just change the call ID carried in the call request message. For example, Eve can just use anybody's phone number like Alice's number, then spoofing is made. What even worse is there are so many public tools available 
and anybody can make a call ID spoofing attack in minute without uh, at no cost. Unfortunately, we found it is harder to defend spoofing. Um, there are three types of solution proposed. So one of them is, uh, uh, is using a global certificate authority between Alice and Bob. But this has a heavy deploy requirement and it requires updates on both Kali and Kali's carrier network. Another one is called the challenge and the response method. But this also requires change on both Alice and Bob's side. There are also some caller ID applications that put effort to tag some uh, to tag scam number, and you may already know it, like the Google caller ID application. Um, but this kind of solution is based on phone number search and the user report. It doesn't work for any new scam number at the beginning. So, what kind of solution do we really need? Um, actually, what we want, what we need, is a caller side only solution, and we don't want to change and to do any change on the existing telephony system. Can we do that? Yes, we can. And here we, I bring, I propose the, the sieve, which is uh, our solution. So let me first give you the basic idea of how sieve works. So the idea is like this. Um, when Bob receives an incoming call from Alice, he has no idea whether it is really called from Alice or just spoofed by Eve. But Bob, what Bob can do is he can make a callback to Alice. We know the network is not compromised, so this call will definitely reach Alice. And then Bob can try to verify to see if the same party Alice is involved in both, case, in both call sessions without getting an explicit response from Alice. So this is done by comparing their call state. So uh, in this example, uh, when when the true caller calls Bob, Bob knows that the true caller currently is in the dialing state. And through the second authentic authentication call, Bob can learn that Alice is actually in the idle state. Then we can see idle state is different with dialing state, and spoofing is detected. So it turns out this problem is how can we infer Alice state with Bob's view only? And this is not that much easy. So we tried all the related information provided by Android operating system like call state, precious call state, call state chain, system log, all the API we have. But we found that none of them works because all these are only related to the call state of local device, Bob, not the opposite party, Eve or Alice. But actually, we found that the call setup signaling message might, can help. Recall the call signaling message is the one we used to set up a call session. So today's uh, 4G forms support two kinds of call technology. One is voice over LTE, which using uh, IP data packet to make a phone call. And uh, um, the protocol it used is called SIP, uh, Session Initiation Protocol. And another one is the CS fallback or CS call, which used the traditional circuit switch. CS stands for the circuit switch. Uh, to support the phone call. And uh, the message used uh, um, to make a phone call is called call, call control message. And our work showed that both can work with Sieve. Uh, here I will use voice over LT to illustrate our idea. So now let me use this example to show you the feasibility. So let's assume that uh, both Alice and Bob are using uh, T-Mobile voice over LTE. 
And uh, we consider three scenarios. So we, we want to show that whether the signaling, change, uh, signaling messages are different when Alice state change. So in the first case, um, this one is the normal case. Well, Alice is the real caller, and Bob may call back when Alice is in dialing state. So now uh, let's look at the signaling message observed by Bob. At beginning, there are some common messages for all uh, all SIP calls, so I will just uh, ignore them. And then Bob will send uh, in in the beginning message. Bob will send an invite, of course, uh, and then we can see. Alice will use 1A0 ringing message to indicate that she have already received the invitation and is alerting for this call. And then the 200 OK um, corresponding to invite, if you can see it, um, this will indicate that the call is, uh, is successfully established. And finally, Bob will send by message to shut down this session. So here we know Alice is currently dialing when Bob makes the authentication call. So the established session actually means Bob is entering into Alice's voicemail. And now let's look at the spoofing cases. So this one is when Bob receives a spoofing call from Eve and makes verification call when Alice is in idle state. So after the same common message sequence, this time Alice will send a 1A0 ringing message but with different value in the PEM field. So PM field indicates the desired direction of some earlier media stream. An um, earlier media stream is something like a customized color ring back tune. So send and receive um, here. Send and receive means that both Alice and Bob could send this some could send this early media streams. While the send only, which is in the previous case, it indicates that only Alice will send it. So this time the call session is not established. And Bob sent cancel message to shut it down and received 487 requests terminated as a response. Um, the last case is also a spoofing case. And this time, Bob make an authentication call when Alice is in connect state. So this time, the 180 ringing message includes alerting information. You can see there is an alert service call waiting. So this indicates that Alice is currently engaged in another call and get notified that a new coming call from Bob is arrived. So if we comparing uh, these three cases together, we can see that the call setup signaling sequence varies when Alice call state changed. So that made us believe that inference could be possible. Um, that was some details. So I would like to give you some uh, high level uh, idea about why this kind of uh, information could, uh, why this, this solution works. So the idea is actually uh, pretty simple. Um, we know that the standard defines a rich set of signaling message that can carry rich context information. Like for example, in the SIP protocol, uh, as I showed you, we can have the, the SIP response code, which is 1A0200, this kind of code, and we also have the PEM field. We have the alert information. All these combined together would construct a, a finite state machine for a voice LTE call, and it could give us enough hint to infer the Alice call state. So now I can uh, I can give you the general procedure of how uh, of Siv to show how it detects a call ID spoofing. So Siv is installed uh, at Bob's side. When receiving an incoming call with Alice ID, 
Steve launches an authentication call to Alice and keeps monitoring the signaling message exchange. Then it uses a pre-learned call state classifier to infer the Alice call state. And given the call state of Alice and the caller, Steve can give the final detection result. Mm, it's pretty straightforward, right? But we found that it's not that much easy. Um, when we extend our experiments to more carriers, we find uh, some, some trouble. The challenge is, although the standard stipulates the mechanism, it still leaves options for vendors and carriers. That means carriers could have their specific implementation. And due to this, when Alice and Bob's are used in different carriers or various carriers, the call setup signaling message are also different. So for example, when Alice is currently in dialing state but use different carriers like AT&T, T-Mobile, Bob could observe totally different call setup signaling message. Here is a case. So all these three cases, Alice is in the dialing state but use AT&T circuit switch fallback or use Verizon voice over LT or even use a single line landline. And we can see the signaling message observed at Bob's side are totally different. Um, even worse, it can also lead to the call state ambiguity issue. So the idea is that um, Bob could observe the same signaling message when Alice is in different call state. For example, this one Alice is in the dialing state using ATT CS fallback. But in the idle state and the connected state, we can see Bob will always observe the same signaling message. Such call state ambiguity makes it hard to accurately infer Alice call state, and this is fatal to see. And there is another challenge, which is advanced attack if the, if the attacker, if Eve, is aware of Steve's strategy. So for example, Eve could try to manipulate Alice's call state by making another call to Alice when attacking Bob. For example, um, if Alice is also being dialed by Eve at the same time when Bob makes the authentication call, both caller and Alice are in dialing state. Then there is no way for Steve to detect if it's a spoofing attack or not. So to solve these two challenges, Steve is equipped with some special design in the call state classifier and a spoof verifier module. Um, when Steve do the initial training for call state classifier, we extend the call state label from a single call state to a unique combination of single or multiple call states, and also includes um, the call and the call list carrier and the call technology information. For example, um, after we use some dominology to extract the useful information from signaling message, um, let's say we can get five different patterns. And we found that P1, P2, and P3 are observed when Alice is in dialing state. P4 and P5 are observed in connected state. But however, P5 is also observed when Alice is in idle state. And this caused the call state ambiguity issue, right? So to solve it, Steve will match every pattern to a unique label like this. For example, for pattern 5, um, Steve matches it to the combination of two states, connected and idle states. So this method guarantees that a unique pattern is always matched with a unique label. And I will show you how Steve can benefit from this approach later. And uh, 
in the spoof verifier module, Steve do verification through two phases by making two calls. It makes the first one when Bob received the incoming call and the device starts ringing. And it makes the second call after Bob answered this call. So the caller state in phase one will be dialing and in phase two will be connected. This table summarizes the call state of Alice under uh, totally seven scenarios. So we, we totally consider uh, seven call scenarios. So C1 is the normal case, just uh, Alice, the real Alice call up, and uh, C2 to C7 are all the attacking scenarios. So we can see in C1, Alice is dialing in phase one and connected in phase two, which is exactly the same as a real caller because Alice is the real caller. But in C2, C3, and C4, these are three basic attacking scenarios. And uh, we can see none of them is dialing in phase one. So that means in phase one, Steve can already easily detect it's a spoofing attack. And case C5, C6, C7 are the advanced attacking scenario in which Eve will try to manipulate Alice's call state by making another call. But given this two-phase verification strategy, we can see none of them could make Alice's state to be exactly the same as, as it is in the, in the normal case one, like dialing in phase one and connected in phase two. So, so this makes us believe that two-phase strategy is already good enough to, to make uh, a spoofing detect. And in each one run of verification, Steve well, keeps monitoring all the call setup signaling message and end the verification call once it gets enough messages to infer the call state because we don't because Steve don't want to bother users too much. Like, like you don't want to make a phone call and keep running at Alice's side. Um, after comparing the call state from caller and Alice, um, the Verifier will give four types of output depends on the comparison result and which phase it's, it's currently in. So the decision tree of this two-phase verification strategy, uh, strategy looks like this. So if Alice state and the caller state are not matched, spoof is directly detected. If they match, but it is not the last phase, the output is to be determined and continue to the next phase. If it's already the last phase, see will check see if there's any call state ambiguity. If no, the call ID is verified. Otherwise, Steve cannot make the final conclusion. So um, this two-phase verification strategy not only defines the advanced attacking, but also reduces the likelihood of giving a NA conclusion caused by call state ambiguity. And uh, I will use an example to show you how. So consider we have the following call state inference result. Let's say in phase one, Alice is inferred that it could be either connected or dialing. And in phase two, um, Alice could be either idle or connected. Um, although there is a call state ambiguity, but given the extra information contained in the label, we can find that this can only happen when Alice and Bob are both using carrier two voice over LTE. And such implicit carrier information could help Steve to reduce the call state ambiguity and give a correct verification result. Um, Steve also are encrypted with some other components, and I will just give you a brief introduction. So uh, it will need to have a support for relearning to learn some specific patterns of a new carrier, and also have some timers to make Steve uh, be responsive to make spoofing detection and be friendliness to both Alice and Bob. 
And we also have some smart triggers so that, uh, for example, if the incoming call is from the contact list already, so we don't need to verify it. And also, if both Alice and Bob have Steve installed, we don't want to have a loop like both of them keep making calls to each other. So now I will show you some uh, evaluation result of Steve. So, um, so this is just a video. So we can see that for the consolidated scheme call, um, the left one doesn't have Steve installed, but right one have Steve installed. So user will be warned uh, if, um, when Steve can detect that it's a spoofing attack. And uh, I will show, you, uh, show the results regarding detection accuracy and the delay here. So let's first uh, check the accuracy. So we consider Alice to use four major US carriers and the one single line landline telephone, uh, which is in the column, the leftmost column of Alice, uh, and also to call technology if it's supported by the carriers. And we check the accuracy over all these seven call scenarios. Um, so here's the result when Bob is using voice over LTE. Uh, it's only supported in T-Mobile and Verizon in the United States here. So we, as we can see, that Steve can achieve 100% accuracy as long as it can give the verification result. But for scenario C1 and C7, due to the call state ambiguity of idle and the connected states, Steve could not give the detection result. And these are one of the limitations of Steve in our current implementation. And uh, next, I will, uh, uh, I will examine the user friendliness and the responsiveness by measuring the inference delay. So we measure the completion time of inferences in two phases. So in, in phase one, the time will be once the, once the cell phone is ringing, to see if we can give the first state, uh, the first phase uh, uh, inference. And the second uh, phase is uh, once, the, uh, once the user Bob answered this phone, to that see if we give the final decision. So let's see the time um, cost in these two phases. So for the completion time for the first phase, user needs to wait four to 10 seconds using voice over LTE, and, uh, which is faster than the circuit switch fallback, which usually takes eight to 10 seconds. And this is just because CS fallback usually takes more time to initiate the phone call compared with VOLTE. And for spoofing call that one phase is enough to detect, that means Steve can finish it within 10 seconds. And we also measure the total completion time for Steve to give a verification result. So for two phases of verification, it, in most cases, Steve can finish it, it within 16 seconds using VOLTE and 19 seconds using CS fallback, but no more than 23 seconds. So as you can see here, Steve can yield a timely verification. It can alert the user before the telephony fraud cause any real damage, because I don't think that within 20 seconds, you will pay some money to, to, to the attacker. Um, but, but of course, uh, one thing I need to mention here is that uh, one of the biggest limitations of Steve is that it doesn't work in the case of multiple line telephone number. We know that there are some, some telephone which is not, not cell phone, it, it has multiple line, like for example, the phone used in organization, like in a company or in a school, because they, uh, people can use the same phone number to call in, but when the guy inside the organization to call out, they have uh, different phone numbers. In these cases, it's called a multiple line telephone system. There is a proxy uh, in between. So in this case, uh, the idea of Steve doesn't work. Um, so 
Uh, in summary, uh, I, I uh, introduce a solution which uh, against the caller ID spoofing, which which is use callie's uh, capability only. And uh, I formulate the problem uh, as a, uh, into a design as inference and the verification problem. And uh, to solve it, uh, the call idea in CVS explored the call setup signaling message to infer the call state and uh, make the verification. So that's all about my presentation. And uh, thank you. I can. Yeah, sometimes I notice when somebody is calling and I'm not answering. When I call back, that number is not in service. So did you consider that kind of a situation? Or because all these things, you say maybe they got it from your uh, contacts. But sometimes it's just say it's not even in service. Somebody is calling you, you don't answer it, you call back, mm -hmm. it's not in service. So how does that one work with what you're saying? Um, I, um, actually... Uh, if you have SIP installed in your device and someone is calling you not, not answer it, if, um, if in phase one it's enough to see if the incoming call is a spoofing or not, SIP will show you. But if it's not enough, um, unless you pick up your answer the phone, SIP will not give the, the final detection. So SIP can only guarantee that once you answer this phone, it will 100% it will definitely give you a detection result to see if it's a spoofing call or not. So, I see. In, actually, in this case, SIV will not say um, block an incoming call. It's just trying to see if the, inco the, the incoming call is really from the number, the phone number it claimed to from. So SIV will not like um, tag it as a scam call and block it. I think this kind of uh, function can be supported by some call ID application. Like if you are keep receiving a phone call from a, a specific phone number, and the other people also receive the call from this number, and other people, they reported that this is a scam because when I answer it, it says nothing. Then the, the call ID app will see, okay, you are receiving a call which is very possible that it's a scam, and then it will block it for you. This is, I think it's already implemented in some call ID application, but it's not uh, what we want to do for SIM. Yeah, because basically, if I answer, I don't answer. The thing is, sometimes you are driving, somebody's calling you, uh -huh. usually there is no message, just calling you. Uh -huh. And basically, if you answer, you don't answer, and usually it's very close to your number or in your vicinity. That means the area code is the local area code, and basically the other one, some of the uh, prefixes that you have for local numbers. Mm -hmm. So you cannot detect it by looking at it that way, but as I said, that's my experience. I don't know. Uh, I, I, thought I, I, know, you know. I Actually, I read some news that um, why you see those, uh, those numbers coming from a local area is because they believe that you are more likely to, pick, to answer this, this number. This is what they try to do, actually, in, in for today's some scam number. Yeah, but the thing is, they are not even listed. They say, if you call it back, they say, this number... It's not available. No, it it's actually it's available. Actually, it's the the idea behind this this kind of scam call is exactly the same as a spoofing call. The idea is they are using some like a, a computer a server. They will send some zip message to make it looks like a phone phone a phone like a phone number, and uh, make a call to you. But in in this case, if we if CV is using is making a 
an authentication callback to this phone number, it actually can get through. And it, in most cases, it will show that one is idle or, or other states, but it will never show like in the phase one, it will be idle. In phase two, it will be connected. That's not possible. No, what I'm saying is when you call the number back, mm -hmm. it said this number is not, a, is not in service. It's all based on chance. So um, it'll, it'll spoof it to a random number that's similar to yours. Sometimes the number will be registered, sometimes it might not. No, it usually is not even, as I said, all the time that I called back, they said this number is not in service. So it doesn't belong to any particular person. It's not random. It is just even doesn't exist. It is, yeah, it's not in service. Yes, um, but actually, so um, let's say when the phone number is not uh, like you don't know the phone number, for example, the phone number is just some random number. And in this case, you won't. I, I think the a scam call is hard to make you to believe like this is a, some, some big important issue because you know it's most likely nobody is calling me. But when this phone number is important, like, like what I showed you in, in the previous slide, there are some news. All these phone numbers are, are from a, like a police station, a consulate. And uh, this kind of phone number makes people believe that, okay, this is a real number and this is the real guy who is calling me. And uh, he asked me for my like, important personal information and people will tend to believe them. No, I'm saying that very, how you are going about it. You are assuming it is from your list of numbers that you have, mm -hmm. but all the numbers that I've called, they said this number is not in service. So what does that tell you? That this is not random. They are choosing the numbers which doesn't exist, no, doesn't belong to anybody. Uh, yeah. And what they are doing, I don't know. I, just, I thought I'd let you know, so maybe you can come up with something for that. But, uh -huh. yeah. but thanks. Number, you mean you're asking if the number is, doesn't exist, what will happen? Yeah, I said the number is not in service. It's not that I call some number and they say somebody answered it. 100%, uh -huh. I call those numbers, they said this number is not in service. So I thought you should know this one too, but as I said, because this is not random. They are choosing it from the number which are not in service. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I just like, I thought I'd let you know. So if you want to do some research on that one, you're welcome. Thanks. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, so how did you guys get access to the uh, interface with the low-level protocol uh, signaling <laughs> data? Mm -hmm. Is there, does the OS expose those signals? Oh. Actually, the operating system, like I said, Android OS doesn't support this information. Um, but since I'm a CS student, I work in the mobile computing area. So we developed some kind of tools which can help us to extract this information directly from the hardware chipset. That's actually the, the tool is called Mobile Insight. We can like, uh, get the call control message. And for the SIP message, it's even easier you, if you use some like TCP, uh, like, like uh, Mm. Wireshark, maybe? No, not Wireshark. The PCAP, uh, you, you can store the PCAP files. You can collect the t using TCP dump to collect the PCAP file, and you can see the zip message. A right. uh, quick question. If you're using your software on a cell phone and um, you get a call from a multi-line number, let's say an Apple contact support mm -hmm. number or a bank mm -hmm. um, registered number where you have the contact in, and it goes through the process and it's trying to check those statuses of every single one of the C numbers. Um, would it give false positives saying it's a spoof number if that number would be in 
yes. multiple statuses. Actually, it will. Like yeah. because what what we because we uh, we do have run some experiment against like the phone number in, at Purdue uh, CS department. We check and we can see that the the reason is because um, we can actually you can make multiple calls to the same number and the same number will be in the idle state and someone could could pick it up. Uh, in this case, we will see okay this. It seems like someone is really calling you, but um, we just s admit that this is a limitation of SIB, and uh, we, we don't include this into the evaluation. Yeah. Thank you. And if you are interested, I can show you a demo, but today I don't have the... Actually, usually I, when I show the demo, I use multiple forms, but today I don't bring those forms with me, but I can play a video for you to if you are interested. Um. Here's our attack and defense demo to show how Sieve successfully detects a real caller ID spoofing attack. The real spoofing attack is called the consulate phone scam. It was recently reported and targeted to Chinese people in the US. When you receive the call, it sounds like this. Someone didn't realize it was a scam and lost $3 million. Such imposter scans have been reported in many places. Now we show how Steve successfully detects caller ID spoofing on the call E side. We use two phones in this demo. The left one plays as the attacker and the right plays as the victim. First, we enable Steve on the call E side. Now, we show how easily a caller ID spoofing attack can be launched. The attacker uses a mobile app to make a scam call. There are dozens of Android apps available. Here, we choose SpoofCard. SpoofCard asks for the number to call, so the attacker gives the phone number of the victim. Next, the attacker specifies the caller ID to display on the victim's phone. Here, we input the phone number of the Chinese Consulate General. Our spoofing attack is launched by a simple tap. After a while, the user receives an incoming call. The caller ID app shows that the phone number belongs to the Passport and Visa office. Within seconds, Steve gives a warning that the incoming call is a spoofing attack. Given such an alert, the user realizes it, it is a scam and ends the call directly. There will be no victim today. Thank you. Did you face any issues or the false positive Pardon? Did you face any issue regarding the false positive or let's say... So did you face any issue regarding uh, the false positives also as in somebody from your caller uh, as in some from your contact list is calling you and then uh, you got a uh, message then this call can be spoofed or something sort of that? Um, actually um, what we do in our implementation we just don't do any check against a phone number in the contact list because we believe if, if it's already on your contact list you know this person 
from the conversation, you can know if it's a spoofing or not. So we actually, uh, you may uh, you may ask him about uh, some find some false positive prediction and try to uh, like correct it. What we did is, if there is a new carrier we haven't learned before, for example, uh, I have in the U.S. we trained all the uh, uh, four major carriers: AT&T, Sprint, Verizon, and T-Mobile. But uh, the time when I um, attend the conference, I fly to to India, and in India's carrier, we found they totally use different uh, patterns, signaling message, and our. Um, previous solution doesn't work at all. And at that moment, I need to uh, make safe to train for these new carriers to make sure we, uh, we uh, consider all these uh, cases together and make the, the inference and the verification. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Right. Well, thanks again. Thank you.